Fierce Fan Media. Already got food. My dog's losing it. She's going crazy. It's just us tonight. I know. How weird. Get ready, people. <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> we are going to be off the rails. Off the rails. So it's just Jackie just, and Stacy. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Julie will pop it at some point. Oh, yeah. Fashionably late. Always. What are you drinking tonight? Here, Piper. I am drinking this. Um, the Gracie, the like sparkling brute wine from McGrail. Mm. Real good. That is good. Is that your cup that has like a rainbow tint to it? Yeah. So, well, it's Emily's. It's a champagne flute. Yeah. But it's like, um, it's got like a holographic kind of, I don't know. What would you, not holographic. Oh, like a unicorn uh, finish. <laughs> a unicorn finish in order of, um, what'd they call it when the queen died? It was Operation Unicorn. Yeah. Cause she didn't die. That's in what London. it is because she died in, yeah, Scotland. Yeah. So. Unicorn. I like to say that's why I chose this cup. It's not. I'm I'm still drinking the Brashley uh, glass. Oh my Pinot God. Noir. Still? Yeah. Oh, I saw something on the Tiki Talkie that made me think of you because you're the only one of us that actually likes uh, orange juice in your champagne. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, always say, we always say we're going to have mimosas and then I'm the only person who puts orange juice in anything. <laughs> but I saw a thing that, and it's just like so duh, but I was like, mm-hmm brilliant is uh putting the orange juice in the freezer to make the ice cubes so smart so smart right do that i would be into that ice cubes yeah yes i would put one orange juice ice cube (laughs) one singular orange juice ice cube i mean it's not nothing (laughs) more than you're putting now so that's true but i was like oh that would keep my champagne extra cold yeah. And no, I don't want to put a water no. ice cube in no, it. No, that sounds terrible. Right. Who do yeah. I think I am? Donna? I'm yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not ice cubes in my, my wine. So I'm still drinking the Brashley. Um, I have like seven bottles left of the two cases <laughs> that I bought. But I've been drinking it every, like if I drink any other time, I drink the Brashley. I took it away with right. us last weekend. Like I took three bottles, drank it there. Like. Right. Okay. At this point, so I'm just trying to get work. through it because I have to go pick up my new shipment from a grail and there's no room in my, in my wine fridge. Right. So I'm That's just so like, funny. chugging along, chugging Oh my along. God. All right. So you wanted to talk about uh, the queen. Yeah. Well, just all of it. Like I find it all so fascinating. And I don't. You don't care at all. I know. I, I don't. Just, I don't know what it is about all of it that like makes it so fascinating. I don't know if it's just because it's not something we experience. So the fact that they have like a monarchy is like, what do you think about all of the pushback though, about like all of the bullshit that's kind of gone on in the UK during her reign, like all the racism, all the problematic behavior, all the genocide, like, well, I don't think any of it like really has a ton to do with her. Because that should happen in a bunch of countries and, you know, she'd, she'd been, you know, queen for such a long time mm-hmm. that I don't know that it all falls on her. But, but I think that especially because they really don't have political responsibilities right. that much. You know what I mean? So, so I think there's a lot of stuff she... But she could take a stance. Like she took a stance on LGBT rights. Totally, totally. And I think, I don't know if some of that just comes with comfort and age or or what, right? Mm-hmm. But there was stuff that she did do, like when she met and shook hands with the former leader of the IRA. Mm-hmm. And she, um, you know, even just visiting Ireland and that sort of stuff. Like, so I think there were things that were like, oh, okay, that's like kind of surprising. Do you want to hear my take on it? Yeah. Okay. Before we get into all the pomp and circumstance that surrounds when the queen dies. And listen, this is coming from a person who I don't give two shits about the royal family. I do agree with you. I think it's kind of fascinating just because it's one of the last remaining like um, monarchies in the world that has such a, that's like part of a first world, such like a spotlight on it. So I do think it's fascinating. Um. But, like, people were like, oh, my God, the queen said I can't believe it. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. But, I mean, she's 96. She had a good run. That's a right, good right, run. Right. That is a good, that's a solid <laughs> run, 96 but years. 
when I when I've seen all of the pushback about those kinds of things that have taken place over the 70 years that she's been um, queen, I guess, and maybe maybe it's un, um, unrealized racism in me, mm-hmm. or maybe it's problematic viewpoint, but I'm like, it just reminded me that people are so much more than like good or bad, like right. a mixture of things. Totally. And you spend 70 years within the public spotlight, the way that uh, Queen Elizabeth did, there is no way that you would have been on the right side of history the all the time, whole time. especially yeah. when, like you said, she is a figurehead and it's parliament that actually mm-hmm. takes those right. actions. And I do think that she could have absolutely used her position to persuade parliament in different directions during different points throughout her history. And now I don't know a ton about like all of her issues and where she stood, but Mm -hmm. the first thing I thought when I saw all these, like she was a racist, she promoted, you know, colonization, you know, um, kind of the genocides. And I was just kind of like, yeah, that's a lot for one person to carry. Like, it's just a lot. And I'm not saying she was innocent. I don't know that she, like, I don't, I think part of the machine, right? Well, I think anytime you're in office like that or under public scrutiny, you're, it's impossible for your hands not to be a little bit dirty at some point. And I think it's just good to remember that we're not all 100% one thing. We're a mixture right. of all like kinds of Like it's not things. zero sum. Like, of course, like the way they handled and the way she handled and the entire royal family, like all the stuff with Diana, like awful. abysmal. Meghan right? Markle? Awful, awful. But, well, we'll get to the Meghan Markle stuff. I think the way that they handled that was abysmal. But then that video footage of her bowing her head to Diana's casket as it went by, you're like, shit, yeah. Like, like you know i don't know like for a queen to bow to someone else Mm -hmm. that's that's different megan markle i'm not sure that the queen was the problem yeah i don't again can she step in at some point right and and say something and yeah because 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 i megan markle at some point kind of came out and said it wasn't really the queen and they had still visited her and that sort of stuff. And they named her daughter, their daughter after her. Mm-hmm. I feel like had she been the one that was really like pushing forward all the stuff about like how dark will the baby be and that kind of stuff, they wouldn't have named their second child after her. Mm-hmm. Megan Markle doesn't seem like that kind of person. Mm-hmm. That would be like, like oh, you're going to be super racist? Namesake. Yeah. You know, that doesn't make sense to me. So I think a lot of it was probably Prince Philip. I think a lot of it was probably Charles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. I also think it's it's kind of unrealistic to um, and unfair to expect people not to evolve. Like the world is a very different place than it was and, you know, 1920 whatever like or right. when did she take when did she when was she's coronated like 1950 uh, what year was she coronated do you remember 1952 50 something yeah 70 years ago <laughs> yes yes I, so to like ex- i mean we watched how many people come around on you know gay marriage well, like how many like, right right yeah. and i think she was somebody who again it's not zero sum right i think there's lots of moments where you're like wow yeah she really did the right thing and like oh when she wore the was it a pin that she wore to meet trump that obama oh i loved i loved how she oh my god the pettiness i saw the funniest video too where um where this guy was telling a story about how um they were like interviewing uh or not interviewing but like meeting with a um it was some kind of sports team or something and it was like him and the queen and they were talking to these kids and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, like, uh, they're just here at the palace and, you know, really hope, really cool, hoping to see the queen. And the queen's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And they're like, oh, have you met her? And she goes, no, I haven't, but he has. And the guy's like, oh, that's so cool. And then he's like, can I take a picture with you? And handed his camera to the queen to take a picture of her and the, of him. And I saw guy. that. When, what what was that, that on? I don't, it was on TikTok, I think. But I was like totally cracking up. I was like, oh, my God, that's really like the fact that she had a sense of humor. The fact that she would like drive her little car around the, you know, I don't know. I just thought 
when she drove the Saudi prince around because he wasn't used to seeing women drive. And right. then he actually had to tell his translator to slow, to tell her to slow down. Slow down. <laughs> and she didn't. Yeah. Yeah. You're the queen. You don't get to fucking tell the queen right. what to do. No. And I think like the whole thing I just find fascinating, right? Like I just, I kept thinking about how, like if my grandma was still alive, she'd be eating this shit up like nonstop. I remember when princess Diana died, like watching all the funeral, all of that kind of stuff. Like, because in, and I think with a queen too, the thing that makes it so much more fascinating is the fact that like for a country that still does have like parliament and all of these other things and the prime minister and all like, they just shut down <laughs> when mm. this happens and everything has to be changed. Even details from like, just like, like everything, everything has her likeness on it and that all yeah. has to get changed. And so right. the money and, you know, she's the only one who can issue passports and, you know, just stuff like that I think is interesting they literally have to go through and like redo everything and and yeah it's just crazy like we get a new president every four or eight years you know shorter sometimes um, <laughs> and and so it's got to be weird to be like oh I've only ever had one queen in my entire lifetime mm-hmm. that's so that's just interesting to me well and I mean Charles is replacing her. So oh it's my like, God, it's just such a disappointment, right? Like and Camilla, when, yeah. When you look at the, uh, and uh, listen, I like huge Diana Stan, like not team Camilla, not at all. I think Charles is gross. I think they're gross. I think that weird tape where he talks about wanting to be her tampon or whatever, like <laughs> fucking disgusting. But I was listening to, um, to a video from The View it had to have been yesterday morning or this morning or something. And Joy was talking about, look, like what they did today to Diana. Yeah, totally awful. But also like she was super naive going into that. She had reservations. She knew he didn't love her. She knew this whole thing with Camilla was going on. And so like, understandable. I don't, I think, I think Camilla really is probably the love of his life and, you know, and his like, she really someone for everyone around. you know <laughs> right and she really did stick around like you go from side piece to queen consort that's like not so bad <laughs> and the fact that they that she had even had the the wishes to give for those that title i think was you know since they didn't you know she when they got married she you know was a duchess and you know i just think i think it's interesting so um i think they're gross I think Charles is gross. I think Charles looks inbred, which he probably is somewhere. Like Emily brought up how his eyes are super close together. And then I saw this TikTok this morning about how he has sausage fingers. He already self, self-proclaimed self sausage fingers. And then he has some sort of condition where they swell a lot also. So like, I just, they gross me out. It's so icky. I think he's kind of a buffoon. I think he's just like, yeah, the boys are so lucky. They took after their mom. Right. It's just gross. Like when you go back and watch interviews of him when he's younger, especially like when him and Diana were like first engaged and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that reporter asked like, Oh, are you in love? And she's like, yeah, of course. And he's like, yeah, whatever love is. Okay. No, probably. (laughs) (laughs) So it's disappointing. Right. Like, and that's gotta be a weird position for him to be in that. Like no one really wants him. Camilla did. Well, yeah. But everybody would rather William be king. Yeah. And and I just think it's funny that he didn't take like a regnal name because King Charles doesn't really have like yeah. super great connotations, connotations attached to it. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's kind of interesting. But I guess it would be weird to take on another name in your 70s. Yeah. I mean, William will probably be king within... 20 years yeah i would assume so oh yeah i know (laughs) fingers crossed yeah and how does it work even if like let's say william wasn't around Mm -hmm. and uh like let's say william passed before his dad and then charles Mm -hmm. died it still wouldn't go to harry right it would go to williams it would it goes yeah it goes in order of the children he's like the fifth all the kids would have to be yeah and i don't i'm not saying yeah yeah yeah. so it's william and then the three kids, and then mm-hmm. Harry, and then Harry's kids. So that's where it's changed. So they, his kids weren't given, well, at least the the baby. So what the law says is that um, 
the grandchildren of Charles the has to first... name them Prince and Princess, right? No, not for the firstborn son. Mm. So like William's kids were all automatically But Harry's, I mean. But Harry's, yeah. Harry's just just um Archie because for then it's any other like male prodigy prodigy progeny um then it's that firstborn son so really the baby is the one that and and archie because they had kind of weren't included in the as grandchildren so now now they all have titles and so it'll be interesting to see if they keep them and you know like megan had said all along like if protection comes along with that of course she would want them to have titles so hopefully hopefully it turned in a new leaf and you know and I then also William- just don't think if she was like that racist and that whatever, they would have rushed out there or they would have been out here for the Jubilee or they would have, you know, so I don't think it was her. I and think Kate and William will become the prince and princess of Wales. They don't they need to, Charles has to give it to them. Yeah, right? they yeah. don't automatically inherit that. So he will have to give that to them. Bestow it on them. Yeah. Yeah. He has to give that to them. And it could take up a year for Charles to be coronated, right? Well, the coronation has to take place. I thought it was sooner, not a year. I thought the coronation had to take place within two weeks of the two weeks of the death or two weeks of the funeral. Oh, I thought or something I thought I, like that. I think I thought I saw that. He, I mean, he's unofficially. But that king could now, be, I obviously. guess, like the big coronation ceremony. Yeah, that there obviously is still, you know. I don't know the whole thing. I just find the whole thing like so weird and so trippy. And so like, it's interesting to me, all of the, like how the line of succession works and, and how there's these weird laws about, and here's the other thing, like Charles can change that. Charles can say, actually, no, I want it to go this way. Like, you know, maybe it is all of the kids and you know, whatever. So it's just like, so why, why do we think Americans are so obsessed with this? I think I it's because of fairy tales. I think, yeah, you explain that because I think I I think you could be right. Well, I mean, I think all kids grow up watching Disney, watching the Disney princesses, watching the Disney princes, and like, so it's this whole like mythical realm that because mm-hmm. we've never experienced it. I mean, not in our lifetimes. Like, it's not a thing that we have here. So it has this kind of mystique to it, and because the monarchy has no real real power in the UK, like, I mean they. You're not country. really pissing a lot of people off when right. you're not a political so yeah, decision It's easy maker. to hold this kind of place of love for them, even if even if they're not your favorite people, it's still like it's been a mainstay or a staple. Like it's a consistency that you've you've held on to um your whole life. I wanted to find this one thing that I saw on um let me find it real quick. I tell you, there's been so many good tweets and stuff, but the best one I saw said something about how Olivia Wilde was probably so relieved or so grateful that this happened. Okay, so I actually want to talk about that in a second. But um, one of my favorite podcasters wrote this about the Queen. um, One of my favorite political podcasters Mm -hmm. from Pantsuit Politics. And she said, I love Diana first. I'm just being honest. Growing up in the 80s and 90s, she was the royal with all the style and glitz and authenticity. Mm-hmm. The queen was always always seen buttoned up or buttoned down or just buttoned. Here's the thing about buttons, though. They hold it all together. And year after year, through the changes to the empire and to her family and to the entire world, the queen was there holding it all together. And I think over time, many of us have gained a deep appreciation for what that requires of a person. Not because she was telling us in interviews or confessing in social posts, but because when you live your life in public service for seven decades, a begrudging respect is earned, even from your harshest critics. I still love Diana. I still love beauty and vulnerability and and thin places where the light really shines through. But there is a different kind of beauty to be found in sturdy foundations that have withstood weight and weather and attack. The queen was devotion and duty and consistency. I am happy for her that her service is in an end, but I do wonder how we'll hold it all together without her. That's perfect. Yeah, I thought it was really nice. And I don't don't really care. And I thought it was really nice. And I think it just shows, like, I feel like Charles kind of the antithesis of that. 
I mean, I think he probably thought that she was going to outlive him. <laughs> probably. I know. But, like, here's the thing that, like, gets me, too. This woman was working two days before she died. Mm-hmm. Two days. It's like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, man. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's like crazy and it's super impressive. And like, I think too, the thing that like, oh no, go ahead. You say your thing. Well, the thing that's kind of reminded me of Ruth Bader Ginsburg also was like, now that she's passed, everyone's shining a light on all of the not so positive things about them too. But I felt the same way about RBG was, don't like, you're not going to be in the public eye that long and get it right all of right. the time. I've gotten things wrong in my life. I just don't have news cameras following me around right. and reporting on everything. It's and impossible. Like, especially for positions like that and having advisors, like take George Bush, for example, his port is George Bush is a, is a dumb, dumb. Okay. Which He's one? a derp, derp. Oh. Yeah. Whatever. W. Yeah. Derp, derp. Okay. Mm-hmm. But his bad decisions were based on poor guidance and mm-hmm. you know information that he was given that right. has not held up under you know the scrutiny of history or the test of time and obviously we all know now there was never weapons of mass destruction right but you make decisions in a moment with information that you have and hope that you're doing the right thing right so i i think people who stay in public that long i mean how can it not happen right and you have to put all your your trust in your advisors and stuff mm-hmm. too. And sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't. But I think part of the like the fascination and I think you're right. I think a lot of it is the sort of Disney fairy tale aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like the tiaras and the jewels and the, you know, scepters and all that kind of stuff. Cause it's well, something the pomp we only and see. circumstance yeah. and the yeah. <laughs> it's something we only see on movies and TV and stuff, but there's the other side of the coin, which is so American also, which is sort of the Kardashian level tabloid fodder and stuff. I mean, you had like everything with Fergie and Prince Andrew, everything with Diana and Charles, everything with Diana afterwards, everything with, um, with Fergie and Andrew then after that a second time. And then obviously Andrew, Epstein. Like all his crazy Epstein stuff. So I think Bill there's up. also that Bill's like a dirty, dirty bird. Mm-hmm. So I think there's also that side of it. You're like, oh, the glamour and the whatever. But then there's also this really kind of like dark, seedy underbelly also that like is kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the whole Olivia Wilde debacle? Dude, I have been so into it. Okay. Any? I hold on one second. Okay. Another thing. So I actually have been following this and I never follow like pop news, like at all. I, unless it has to do with Taylor Swift, I rely completely on you guys to like Mm -hmm. fill me in, but I have actually been following this. And I think the reason for it is this is just such a throwback to simpler times. Right. (laughs) Like it's, it's a, it's a fun thing because no one's really hurt. There's no, no one's like no one's killed someone. No one's like addicted to drugs. There's not all this like danger involved. It's just some kind of like shady, catty, gossipy stuff. And I think the reason so many people have been paying attention is because it's like a palate cleanser to all the intensity Mm -hmm. and like dumpster fire. Right. No one got like sexually assaulted or whatever. Right. It's just like, oh my God, look at these super rich people losing their Here's my here's why I think it's super interesting too, right? Because in this situation, who's the least believable person in this whole thing? Shia LaBeouf, right? Well, yeah, he's super problematic. He, he shows up with receipts. I know, wasn't expecting that. That wasn't. threw me. So that that threw really me came a out of yeah. left field, and that and and because before it's all just rumors and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's not at, she's not doing press, she's not advertising it, she's not whatever, and. You're like, oh, are you okay. talking about Florence? You're talking about Florence Pugh, yeah, right? Yeah, you're talking about Florence Pugh. And so, you know, she hadn't been, and this was like a couple months ago. She's not posting anything about the movie. She's not doing right. anything. And you're like, that's weird. That can't be whenever, right? So then when Shia LaBeouf comes out with his text messages, you're like, oh. And this drama started even before the movie came out with all the drama with like her and Jason Sudeikis and Harry Styles and stuff. So. Even then, I'm like, man, she's really trying to paint Jason Sudeikis as this monster 
which maybe he is, but I love him. I have a soft spot for him. She got served with, was it her divorce papers or like custody, custody papers, custody paperwork at an event, which he said, look, having known people that have gotten served with things, you don't get to pick no, and choose don't. when they right. do it. I really think that he probably had nothing to do with that happening when it did. No, you just pay someone to do it. It right. doesn't matter and how. And they just go yeah. do it. And so that with that person picked as far as a time and place, real unfortunate. And you know what? Maybe he did tell. I don't know. Right. But, I yeah. Just, I have a hard time believing that. So then you got on top of that, you have the whole Harry Styles thing, which you're already like, Oh, interesting. Because now if you look at it through a lens that if their genders were reversed, you have an older director mm-hmm. of a film now dating her younger co-star. Mm-hmm. But he's not like vulnerable young. It's not like he's 18 and doesn't know what's going. You know what I mean? Right. Like it doesn't, the age gap, once people are like, like over 25 does not really it's whatever to me. I think they're more, their brains are fully developed. Their frontal lobes are, you know, complete. Like, I don't know. I didn't view, and listen, as a straight woman, I find Harry Styles fascinating. Like I, I like, I'm not as a Harry hater at all. I think he is funny. I think he's charming. I think he's very good looking. Like, but I don't, in no point of him dating Olivia Wilde, did I ever view him as like a victim or. No. No, I think he took the chance to sleep with an older hot woman. Yeah. But I don't think he's a victim of even power dynamics in this. Like he's the biggest male pop star in the world. Right. But so, so you have that whole dynamic, right? But then Florence Pugh just like. I love her so much. She's so good. Cause here's one of my favorite. She's like a chef's kiss of a. Here's my favorite thing. She shows up. She does the red carpet. Did you see the behind the scenes photos of her getting her hair and makeup and stuff done? Mm-hmm. And her glam team had on oh my the God. Uh, Miss Flow t-shirts. I was Love like, it. Love it. Stop right now. That's yeah. hilarious. I actually think part of it, I think at a certain point, they're all playing into like. Oh, totally. The fiasco that's surrounding this whole yeah. thing now. Because the early reviews of this movie are not great. They're not good. But people are going to go see this now because they want to see if that bled over into the chemistry between all totally. of them on screen. 100%. My second favorite thing to come out of all of this was the, did Harry Styles spit on Chris spit Pine? Spit on Chris Pine? I don't think he did. I don't think so either. When you slow it down and you look, yeah. I don't think that's what happened. But- and he's joking about it as concerts, which... Feeds into my theory of so they're all funny. playing into it now. Like, mm-hmm. no, no press is yeah. bad press. And this isn't hurting anyone. No. And there's another video, too, of them on the red carpet. And it's like they were told him and Olivia Wilde, they could not talk to talk mm-hmm. to each other, be next to each other. Because you see him kind of start to go for her like he's going to say something. And a publicist, like, like intercept him <laughs> before they can talk. It's just been, like, it's been I such a, a good palate cleanser. I had a void in my TikTok yeah. after the whole Amber Heard, Johnny Depp thing. And this is really just. But even that felt gross to be following along because mm-hmm. they're such damaged people. This right. feels reminiscent of just dumb mm-hmm. antics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I love that kind of stuff. Like the, the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp kind of situations stress me out a great deal yeah. because I feel like someone is probably truly suffering and we're mm-hmm. ignoring that for our own personal entertainment. And yeah, I, I hate that. It's the same reason I don't like the real housewives. I don't like that kind of stuff, Right, but this, this is just all fucking glorious. Like I, I just, I, I'm, just I'm thoroughly enjoying then. it. Yeah. The other thing. And will I see the movie? Just... Yes. Was yeah. I going to before? Probably um, not, <laughs> but now absolutely Ah, that's not true i'll watch anything with florence Pugh. like that's true yeah the other part that i thought was like so good was the interview with him and chris pine oh yeah and and harry styles is talking about the movie and he just is like so inarticulate it's a movie and he loves that it just feels like a movie like a movie you go see in the theater and then you have like chris pine sitting next to him who like you know, went to Berkeley and like, (laughs) he's just listening to this. Like, I like the movie because it's a movie and it feels like a movie. And I'm like, this is gold. (laughs) I also think he's playing into a little bit. Like, totally. I just love it. I'm here for it. I want more of this. I I don't want to hear about it. 
and I'm not saying I want to hear any more about it because let's just sweep it under the rug. But after Harvey Weinstein and it's and heavy. just like it's heavy, mm-hmm. right? I this is the kind of Hollywood drama. It's messy, and I like yes. I like messy I like without messy. injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the only thing that I think is kind of like meh, is we have a real bad habit of like pitting women against each other and i think they're like i don't know that anybody did any pitting on this one but i think you're right that we do that but yeah olivia wilde has always rubbed me the wrong way Mm, okay i don't have any feelings about her either way so like she was fine in house i've always followed her a little bit because she was one of the first like kind of bigger female stars that came out as bisexual so i've always Mm -hmm. kind of like been interested in what she's doing and like she did book smart um, which is right. yeah so which I like I've always been kind of interested but um yeah I don't really I don't really feel one way or another about her but like mm-hmm. I feel of most of Hollywood like she's she's fine I don't think about her until someone is like oh Olivia Wilde is in this project and I'm like oh yeah Olivia Wilde right it's not like Reese Witherspoon or Jen Aniston or you know right Right. She just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, what else is going on? Those have been the two like biggest, <laughs> biggest time sucks of my, of my life. But I can tell you, I have been super into audiobooks lately mm-hmm. because I really miss reading. And I noticed that like, I don't have as much time to do it. And I'm really enjoying audiobooks because I can listen to them like while I'm working, while I'm getting ready, while I'm, you know, driving, whatever. And so I found that like to be pretty convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks lately. And there's an author, well, pair of authors, they write under one pen name, but they're their best friends. And so I've been listening to their books, but it's interesting. Um, because well, I've been listening to their books. And I just think that's, you know, kind of, you guys don't write like when you pair up I sound super articulate right now um (laughs) if you'd like me to co-author a book with you just let me know um but I think it's just an interesting take like when you write with Aaron or you've written with Jean like it's very clear that it's two authors three authors and so this one I think it's funny because I was like oh her name's Christina Lauren I'm like oh that's interesting she has two first names but then I like found out like oh no it's two women and and they're best friends and they write together. So it's interesting because I can't tell mm-hmm. they write as one author. So it's, mm-hmm. so it's kind of an interesting dynamic. And then, um, and then there's another one I've been listening to, um, Emily Henry. And she had a lot of, she had three like really popular books on TikTok, um, uh, Beach Read and oh, book yeah, lovers yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, people we meet on vacation mm-hmm. and all I'm I just started book lovers that's the third one um, the other two like freaking loved but the thing that I like is that she has the same person doing her audiobooks and she's phenomenal and mm-hmm. so it just made me think like oh wow that's really like influences how it comes out if you have like a for good, sure you know. I've listened to audiobooks that I've absolutely loved and then gone back to read them and was like, oh, I don't like this as much. Can I recommend an audiobook to you? Yeah, always. Um, So I just finished, it's a duology. So there's only one and two, Mm -hmm. but it's Misrule or no, I'm sorry. It's Malice and Misrule. So Malice is the first one, Misrule is the second. And it is a spin on Sleeping Beauty, but it's written by the evil queen. Okay. And it's written like her it. starting as like a teenager mm-hmm. and she's actually in love with Aurora. But oh, here's the thing. The actual love story part of it is 3%. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it is not the main part of the book. It's not yeah. like it plays such an insignificant role in it. Mm-hmm. And these books are so good And a fairy tale spin would not normally mm-hmm. be my, right. my jam. But I heard such good things about these mm-hmm. books that I was like, no, I'll give it, I'll give it a try. Cause I'll I have the out. audio subscription. I get free credits, mm-hmm. you know, a month yeah. and I drive a lot. Yeah. And yeah, I like, it's one, it's when I finally finished the the second one, it was one of those books that you're left like, what do I do now? Right. Like I couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Even though I was like, uh, the ending was 
exactly what it should have been in the book, mm-hmm. but it made me sad. Like right. I yeah. get a little like little bit of ennui when I finish a book sometimes because I'm like, and I will say with Emily Henry, it was cool because she wrote these three books and for sure two of them. I think like, like Beach Read, they're both authors and then book lovers. One of them's like an editor and one of them's like a book agent or something like that. So they at least reference one another. She wrote an extended epilogue mm-hmm. that included all three books, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, so I really, I really like that. But, but what I've realized that I'm, that I'm super into is definitely like the like chick lit. Yeah more than like romance novels and yeah. it's funny because I was actually telling Aaron about this the other day about how like romance has such a strict like recipe and like equation you have to follow and and it's all the same tropes right I feel mm-hmm. like it's just not that same mm-hmm. path that they follow because these books that like especially so um Christina Lauren I've read I think two of their books, The Unhoneymooners, which I read like a while, like a year or two ago, probably, or probably last year. And then um, Love and Other Words, which I really liked. And that one had like, it kind of had like a little gut punch, mm-hmm. little situation that would, that I did not see coming. And I usually do. Yeah. Um, And then, and then Emily Henry's books, like those three, like all five of those books, I would say so funny Mm -hmm. like so funny and the other thing that I think is like and maybe not so much in the unhoneymooners but I noticed it in um in love and other words and for sure in Emily Henry's books like the topic of consent and like birth control and that kind of stuff is like I don't know it's just it's not preachy or icky or in a way that's like I'm gonna make sure that we discuss consent they don't really discuss consent but there's like every like steamy scene there's for sure consent like right. if, if that makes sense mm-hmm. and so I thought that was kind of cool that like you know I don't yeah know, it's been just different than like romance it appeals oh, for to sure me. so malice and misrule are definitely chiclet mm-hmm. they just happen to have the two mains would have been you know they never even say what they're lesbians they just happen to like each other yeah um but it, I think the difference is I like books that are written for the female gaze. Like I, I want to read from females perspectives without. Yeah. 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 So the majority of these books, like there are male characters in them, but they're not, they're not main characters. That's Mm -hmm. all of the main characters are female except the few bad guys. So I don't know. I like female gaze books. I feel Mm -hmm. like they just, they add something different they right. take you, um, and she has a very good way um, of, she writes in that, like, she, di- she did a really good job world building, and they mm-hmm. definitely have their own, like, vernacular, and um, she follows it well, and it's, they were, they were very, very good. Mm-hmm. They were just very good, so. Well, I've noticed, like, these last, like, four books or whatever I've read they've either been like enemies to lovers or friends to lovers and both kind of like slow burny Mm -hmm. kind of things. But like book lovers, I just started and I thought I'm glad I like read a review that said like, okay, everybody talks about that being like enemies to lovers, but it's not really, it kind of is more of a, like the main character, like her sister convinces her to like leave New York and go to um, the town like that they think is, fake and it's not where their like favorite book series is, mm-hmm. is whatever so she kind of gets transported to like a hallmark movie <laughs> but it's very like meta like yeah. they know that's what's happening so it's like you know so it's kind of funny in that way but I've noticed with those books and with Taylor Jenkins Reid mm-hmm. I super love where I think a lot of the world building comes in is that tie-in from book to book right they're not necessarily a series they're not whatever but like um I haven't started Carrie Soto yet but if you start with Evelyn Hugo she marries Mick 
Mick's family is like the main characters in Malibu Rising. Mm-hmm. And then Mick's daughter's husband like cheats on her and leaves her for Carrie Soto. Like when Carrie Soto is like a young up and coming mm-hmm. tennis player. So I just like that little bit of tie-in. Right. Not huge, but it just kind of ties those worlds together. Um, I think some of my favorite books out of all three of them now, including Taylor Jenkins Reid, like those three authors, like I really enjoy a like time jump or like alternating timeline kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Like I think it just makes it interesting because in Love and Other Words, the main characters are like each other's first loves or whatever, but it alternates between them running into each other for the first time after not having spoken for a decade and when they first meet when they're 13. Mm -hmm. So you're getting the, like, you can jump in right at the, like, sort of, you know. Yeah. I don't want to call, what's the opposite of a climax, like, of their relationship where they, like, haven't talked for 10 years and they're, you don't know what's going on. But you get the backup of them, like, meeting and becoming friends and falling in love at the same time. And I think that's a really cool way to look at it. Same with um, people you meet on vacation. Mm-hmm. It's like best friends they have some kind of falling out you're not sure what it is they take a summer vacation together every year so it starts with her like getting like they're gonna go to his brother's wedding but they haven't talked in like several years they had this falling out but then every other chapter alternates between one of these vacations they took over the summer until you finally get to the one where mm-hmm. they have this like big falling out so I like those kind of creative ways like they just don't follow that same sort of wrestling yeah, Taylor Jenkins Reid does it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like um, Daisy Jones is just dialogue. Right. That's it. It's just interview dialogue for the entire book. Yeah. And Malibu Rising, she does this thing, which some people don't like. I really, really like it where it's like point of view changes a lot. And it's all happening in one night, this one party. And these things are culminating. And so you might get a point of view from a character you've never met before only for like three paragraphs and then that's it. It moves on to the next thing, but it makes you feel like you're at that party Mm -hmm. that you're seeing these little bits and pieces of things. So, so I just like it not having to follow that like a plus B equals C equation Mm -hmm. of like a romance novel. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, parameters in romance. That's infuriating. So you, I, so this is me submitting my request i already talked to aaron about it <laughs> but i feel like there needs to be some like lesbian chiclet do you know that when i wrote um lucy's chance i actually wrote it with the with that time hop of um i did two chapters in present time and a chapter in past tense i love it they made me rewrite it not rewrite it but said no Mm-hmm. No, it's too confusing. Readers get frustrated, you know, whatever. Um, so I just feel like there's an audience probably for lesbic chiclet. Probably. That for is sure. not well, that's what malice and misrule are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I think different people get different leeway. That's probably true. And um, not all of us do. Yeah, I can so, see that. Yeah. It's just nice to read something that's like doesn't fall because I'm also not super into like literary fiction. Right. Like that's not I'm not into like magic. Well, except for that. <laughs> that one just, I don't know. It just gets me. Um, but I think a lot of that's probably that it's just more like old timey. Yeah, it's just like it's got some sort of sentimentality. I don't know. Well, the like time period's very romanticized. Like right. It's a romantic time period and just yeah. I can forgive its A B A plus B equals C equation because it was written such a long time Mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. You know. But but I just uh, I just am like, oh, this is definitely and they have the same tropes, Mm -hmm. right? But I just know and another one different spin. Yeah, the hating game. I really, really liked that book. That mm-hmm. and same thing. Like, they're just like the spicy scenes are are super spicy and really well written. Really well written. Um, and uh, and they have like I don't know. They're just so funny. There were several times that I was like literally laughing out loud at these books. You're lulling. especially like the audio. I was lolling, especially the audio books. Like. I don't know. I just, uh, mm. 
10 out of 10. Well, what are you obsessed with this week? I mean, probably all those audiobooks that I've been listening to. <laughs> um, but let's see. If I had something else, what am I obsessed with besides these books I've been reading? Um, let me just say, and I won't get into like a lot of details because I'm pretty sure nobody cares. I had kind of like a dip at work. I had kind of a lot of big, sad feelings. But when I tell you I've been fucking crushing it in the idea game lately, like crushing it. So, um, so that's been kind of fun. Yeah. It, just, it makes me happy that I at least enjoy, I enjoy like what it is I'm doing because mm-hmm. I've just had some ideas lately that I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Your last one was real good. That's a great idea. Like I've had a couple of those this week. So I'm like, okay, I'm feeling like, you know, you know, hate the player, not the game kind of <laughs> whatever. And, and like, like, because well, you're know. still getting paid, right? Right, right, like. right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think finding those things when I'm doing something that's like super boring by myself in my office, like, yeah, I'm going to put on an audio book while I type this thing out. That's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's some stuff that I do that's a little mindless sometimes, or especially a lot of the design stuff I do that, like, oh my God, like having an audio book on while I'm doing some of these things, like, game changer, game. What do you think of changer. all of these? Like, cause how deep are you into Swift talk? When I tell you that the only reason it's not a hundred percent of my feet is because you actively queen, have to go because out. the queen died. And then uh, the, the Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine. Um, it's becoming the, all the Gaylor stuff is becoming so much more mainstream after that Rolling Stone article. I like, know, right? So much more mainstream. We were and originals. We were originals. We were here from the beginning, <laughs> from the first PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> right? We were so you made me look <laughs> But I just, I really do think, it, and I think that one TikTok I, I TikToky, um, that I sent you guys, that was like, oh my God, this is so funny. It brought up the fact that like Taylor has a PR machine. Yeah. And it and, still got out. And it's, and it's still, well, that, which, which kind of makes you think like they, she's worked with Rolling Stone in the past. She's got a good relationship with Rolling Stone. Like they wouldn't have printed something that she wasn't comfortable with them printing. So I am really curious. Do you think she's going to come out with Midnight? Maybe. So, I can see it only because if these are the things that like keep you up at night and you know, here's, I can see my, it. here's, here's what I think. Either that or she's just made us all fucking crazy. And now we look for signs where they're all, there's no signs. Here's what I think. Cause I mean, I'm, I mean, I think we're probably just as deep in a swift talk. At, like, I think we're equally deep in a swift talk. Mm-hmm. I don't actually think she's going to like come out with a mm-hmm. statement. I True. think she's just going to start putting pronouns in her songs where pronouns. I've all, it, I've it, said that from the beginning. I don't think she's the kind of person that's going like to come, come out. out. Well, and here's why. Need. I think, because you're seeing it now, I especially with all of the, you know, uh, talk about her burning down the lover house at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you do not become more successful than Taylor. Like Taylor Swift is at the top of the top of the top. Yes. There's no one with the exception of maybe Beyonce, but I think they're in kind of different worlds mm-hmm. and realms. And I, yeah, I'm not saying Beyonce is any less talented mm-hmm. or more like I'm not, I think Beyonce is in a class all on her own and kind of yeah, same with different. Adele. Apples it's and very oranges. different vibes, yeah. very different yeah. followings, like different genres. I, is different. Yeah. I think yeah. they're different. Um, but I think for someone who is wired to be such an overachiever, and I think she probably gets a little bit bored. I think now she's looking for like her next hill to climb and conquer, mm-hmm. which is why you see her like dipping into movies at this mm-hmm. point where like there's that talk about her being another villain in Cruella and how she made like now like right. the all too well 10 minute video being nominated for Oscar. Mm-hmm. Like you see her and more and more Taylor used to be very protective of her songs being in movies and television. Yeah. And now she, and I know Austin Swift is handling that, but right. But like the summer I turned pretty, that felt right. like a freaking Taylor Swift music video. Well, that whole super show. pups. Like right. <laughs> there, there's several, I, you just see her venturing into different forms of media yeah. now because I think she's, she's fucking conquered music. Like there's only everything. so many times you can say Taylor Swift is the music industry. Like she's mastered the marketing. She's mastered 
um, the uh, media machine that comes behind it. She's t- she's Spotify has bent to her whim. Apple Music has right. bent to her whim. Like there's no other mountains to climb. And so I think part of burning down the lover house is I don't think she has anything to lose at this right. point. Like even if Taylor Swift lost half her fan base, she still has 4 billion people that follow. Like, you know well, what I mean? Like, and here's the, here's the, let me tell you, let, let me tell you something about coming out. Um, <laughs> no, please yeah, don't go yeah, ahead. Yeah. And, go ahead and explain this to me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, here's the thing nowadays, like with kids nowadays, it's so not a big, and, and speaking as someone who lives in California, right. Mm-hmm. It's so not a big deal when they come out that they're not making it a like. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Right. It's just there's no big proclamation. There's no big like having to reveal it because they're just like, oh, no, no, like I'm dating this girl now. Right. So not a big deal. And I think I could see Taylor as someone who's in that universe of like just normalizing it. You don't need to come out. And what does it matter if she dates a girl or dates a guy or writes a song about a girl or it's a song about a whoever. Right. And I could see her taking that stance. And I have I've that that's been my opinion on it for a pretty long time. Like if she did, I think you're right. I think she would just start I don't think she'll give any explanation. I don't think I also think one of the reasons that I mean I I don't even think anybody, any of us normal folk can comprehend the amount of physical danger Taylor Swift is in in any given moment in time. Like the number of stalkers she has. And, you know, we're, it's very easy for us to be like, just come out. No one cares. You know, no one gives a shit about me. Like I don't have stalkers, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't have people trying to break into my house and sleep in my bed. I don't have people that have shrines built. Not that I know of, you know, like I was going to say, I do that every once in a while, but. Well, it was kind of the- <laughs> you gave me a key, so that's your fault. <laughs> well, it's kind of the whole thing too around like her taking all that heat for flying in private jet. Do you want her mm-hmm. to board commercial? Like, what do you want Taylor Swift to do? But right. I, I think, I think that's an aspect of it. Like, this woman can't do any. And I, I'm not saying, oh, poor Taylor Swift, she can't go anywhere without you know being hounded or recommended. That's not what I'm saying mm-hmm. about it. Right. But I think because. She is probably one of the most recognizable people on the planet, if not the most, if yep. not the most. I mean, she's up there. When you talk about like international notoriety, Prince, Elvis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, like whether you like her or not, that's just true. You like, can't argue how famous she is. Yeah. Right. I think part of the reason that has stopped her from doing this before is outing other people. I, totally. I genuinely, because powerpoints are made over the dudes right. that she, even when she's publicly dating someone can you imagine if all of a sudden it's yeah female so I, I just think she's finally I mean she's gonna be 32 this year right like I think she's kind of hit the point where she's like I don't I don't care, care anymore, anymore. And I don't owe you an explanation I don't think yeah. she's gonna explain it at all I don't think so either which I'm kind of here for I do have another thing that I'm obsessed with okay okay I, that wasn't what I was obsessed with but go okay ahead. Okay, I do have a thing I'm obsessed with that I forgot. And it's also just taking over my TikTok. My TikTok is a gay man's dream right now. <laughs> so I don't know if you're familiar at all with all of the controversy surrounding Funny Girl on Broadway. Oh, with Leah Michelle? With Leah Michelle. Look at me knowing stuff about I know. Oh. Holy yeah. shit. So well, yeah. first, I'm glad people are finally calling out the whole rumor about her being illiterate and stuff. Is like, I mean, that's kind of funny, though. It's kind of funny, but it is like a little ableist and like, she wouldn't be able to get this far in life without reading. And like, I get, I think it's funny. Cause I think she's an asshole. Well, here's the thing. I don't know if she still is an asshole. Okay. I have a feeling she was probably an asshole mm-hmm. when she was on Glee. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make it okay. Doesn't whatever. And racist. Which yeah. makes her an asshole. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, or I could see her just being an asshole who made a comment that could be. Sure. Taken okay. as racist without actually, because she's Jewish and from New York, and I could see, you know, okay. I can just, I've read a lot of stuff about it. I've seen a lot of videos. And so I like, it has changed my opinion a little bit. Okay. Um, I also think she's someone who has like, yeah, had a profound amount of loss and is now married and has a child and seems to that be. That changes people. That changes people. And so I don't think just because you were an asshole when you were 18 100%. does not mean that you're going to be an asshole now. And totally. so. So, um, so I think, you know, you got to give people the chance to grow and learn and do all of those things. Right. At the same time, 
I love Beanie Feldstein a lot. I think she's great. I think she's wonderful. I do not think she was the right choice for that role at all. Okay. She's just not a, she's not a good enough singer. Okay. She studied musical theater in college. She was in um, Hello Dolly playing a supporting role, but she's not a big belty singer. She, you know, anybody in that role, they're going to compare to Barbara Streisand. Right. No matter how Who different wants to those shoes. Right. And so she's, you know, Beanie, very funny, but also just not, just not right for that role. Right. And so then it also kind of turned into this like fat phobic thing and they are making her wear sleeves and a longer dress and all this other stuff. So then there, so then it became a little bit of drama. Leah Michelle comes out and her costume's different. It doesn't have sleeves. It's a little shorter. It actually looks more like something the, the original, like the, the real life Fanny Bryce would wear. And someone had a comment like, hey, someone's already put this story out. Like the shortening of the skirt was made at Leah Michelle's request. The adding of the sleeves and the lengthening of the skirt was made at Beanie Feldstein's request. Like stop. Not everything's find, a fire. Right. Not everything's a fire. And so, and so it's hard because there's this one narrative that's like, you know, Beanie, Beanie's leaving early because she can't believe they would choose Leah Michelle and all these things. Like pretty sure Leah Michelle got offered this first, but she was pregnant. And mm-hmm. at least that's kind of the rumor. So anyways, you're like, whatever. And everybody knows like this girl is just going to fucking kill this role. And, and the whole production from everything I've read, everything I've seen is like, it, it was so clunky and it was awkward and Beanie just couldn't carry the songs and it was right. just whatever. The videos that were posted from Leah Michelle's opening night, like everyone knows she's going to sing the shit out of this thing. But she's like, voice. yeah, but like, and there's this like famous quote from Glee when Kurt says like, she's problematic, but boy, can she sing? And I think that's, I think that's a lot of it. I think that she kind of was Rachel Berry for a while, but that wasn't Rachel Berry on the stage. And she ate, she was so good. And I've never been happier for like bootleg videos with we people's give, heads in the way. We give men redemption arcs all the time. Like right. look at Robert Downey Jr. And That's I'm not hating on him. Bothering me. No. Like Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Uh, well, Mel Gibson hasn't made a comeback yet. Well, but no, and Charlie like, Sheen kind of dipped down again. But, you know. But people were willing to embrace 100%. him. He, he tanked it. Yeah. And uh, I, I think women have a different standard. They just do. I mean, a good example of redemption was is Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, people thought for a long time. Because she... She got kind of wild and crazy in her teenage years, but yeah, hello, she, she she fucking grew up in Hollywood. Like, right. she had the pressure and drugs and sex that were around here, but now look at her. She's she's like this sweet little baby angel that's just like, I love the rain. Like, right. I love a redemption well, story. I'm here for here's it. the like, thing, too. Like, I don't know at what point or what season that this happened where she was apparently horrible to, to this other actress on Glee, but like, Glee was on for six seasons in 2009. Mm-hmm. So with the latest, you're looking at 2015. That was seven years ago. Before and marriage, a baby. Before marriage, like, before yeah. a baby, before losing your boyfriend, before, you know, like there's been all this trauma and stuff. And so I think that like, yeah, just a redemption. Well, if people arc. can't be redeemed, then what are we doing? Right. But then also just the videos of her, like she, in the stage door process, like, Fans wait outside the stage door. Sometimes actors come out and sign. Sometimes they don't. The really, really famous ones don't always come out. They're, you know, again, it creates kind of an unsafe situation, blah, blah, blah. blah. She came out her, well, first I read somewhere that she had reserved two seats, one for Corey Monteith and one for Naya Rivera that were just Mm -hmm. empty during the show, which I thought is like, that's so sweet. Then she came out the stage door and she was like, like, obviously overcome with emotion and like so seemingly seemingly like very genuinely overwhelmed by the amount of people there and told them she has family here she's gonna try and talk to them all really quick and like sign and stuff and then go back and visit with her family and then she would come back out and if people were still there she'd take pictures with them and stuff and I was just like that's like a real like most have someone who's gone to shows like that and stage door shows on Broadway and whatever like they're not doing that. A lot of them. Like I went and when we went and saw if then Adina Menzel did not come outside. So, you know, I just, I like, I really think this is going to be her redemption arc and the, the life that was like put back in that show, like that thing was, it was not selling well. It was probably going to close. 
it was going to end up being kind of a failure. And she just has like, I mean, good for her. That was the role she was born to play. Another person I've never felt like strongly about one way or another. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a gleek. I like, I, I tried watching it much, much later. Like I think in 2019, or I think I tried watching it when like the pandemic hit and I was Mm -hmm. like, this just isn't my, I mean, I, it was fine, but I think I got into like one season and I was like, nah, it's right. The teacher really bugged me. Like I couldn't, Yes, he graded my nerves. I think there's a certain level of like, um, Ryan Murphy's like sarcasm. I love Ryan Murphy. I do too, but I think there's a certain level of his like sarcasm and dark humor that peaks out every once in a while, but it's not enough. Right. Like, like Scream Queens was very obviously doing I like Scream Queens. I did too. I I thought it was super good and super funny. And I think if Glee had gone a little bit more in that sort of Mm -hmm. absurdity, mockery kind of thing, it would have been a little more successful. Yeah. I think it it was hard for it to sort of bridge that. But yeah. I liked Lee Michelle even before that when she was in Spring Awakening. So mm-hmm. I've been a Fiant fan for a while. I think she's so talented. Like, I think her voice is just. Yeah. I mean, and who doesn't like the comeback story? Crazy. Like, right. So who doesn't like one? So the, the way people were just like, oh, like you can talk all the shit you want about her. You can say she's racist. You can say she's illiterate. You can say all of these things. But like, did she not sing her fucking face off in that show? <laughs> Well, also, like the whole illiterate thing. I mean, I think it's funny. And I think I think it's funny because she's so clearly not like you don't memorize like, like you clearly are not an actress if you're illiterate. But now that we're sitting here talking about it, I'm like, how shitty if she had like a, a learning disability or that's something. What I mean, that's why people were like, well, there's a line. There's a line like in the show in Funny Girl where she says something about like. I ain't read too many books or something like that. And apparently like people lost their minds and were laughing for, for what, like it's rare to go see a play and have there be a standing ovation mm-hmm. anytime. But at the end, six, six standing ovations in the middle of the show. Well, good for her then. I know she, good for her. she, she ate that show. Um, What am I obsessed with this week? I guess it was Taylor Swift, but I feel like, it's always Taylor Swift. Um, although I will say new. the I do enjoy the amount of people that text me and like pop in my office whenever like an announcement about Taylor Swift happens <laughs> comes on. Like it brings me a significant amount of joy that I'm always like the first person that they think of. But Even people at your new job are yeah. they like into that's funny. Yeah. Uh but it's it's funny because they'll send me like I got an email today that was like, well, and Bridget just mm-hmm. texted me too, but I got an email today saying, um, you know, it, Hey, did you hear Taylor Swift? Yeah, of course I fucking heard Taylor Swift. Right. Doesn't, like it's been don't like even, a week. Right. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like immediately. Yes. Like, do you know how deep into Swift talk? I, it's just, it's funny. And I'm just like, damn, how do other people not hear about this for a week? Cause I feel like whenever Taylor Swift does something, it's on like every Right. You can't look anywhere and not. No, it's anyway. like 80 million views in the first four seconds. Right. So I guess I am obsessed. Oh, I did. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to make it until October. <laughs> well, I ordered all you four of those CDs, like of with a different album. Well, I, so I told Lex the next morning, I was like, I may or may not have ordered all four of the midnight CDs. And she goes, well, I mean, that's fine. And I was like, Okay, I, I just want you to know when they when they show up. She goes, well, they're different albums, right? And I was like, no, 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 they're just different covers. Yeah, they just. <laughs> and she was just like, okay, <laughs> what are you gonna do with four? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know, but it. I felt like I needed them. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do with them, but I felt I like know, I had never to figure have it out them. unless you have them. So. <laughs> they have to be here with me. Like that's just how I felt. So. Sorry about Whatever. it. Whatever. You work hard. Yeah. All four of them cost me 50 bucks. Right. Like, like you could have a drug addiction. Sure. If this is the thing you spend your money on. Taylor Swift and wine is apparently what I spend my yeah. money on. Yeah. Until, until we get the boat. Who's that hurting? No. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for us this week, guys. Yeah. Sorry, no space corner, but everyone else is a flake. Yep. 
guess what? Space still there. <laughs> there you, you go. Wrapped it up. <laughs> I checked. I looked. Still there. Still there. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I remember what I was going to be obsessed with this fucking oppressive heat wave we're under oh, right now in God. California. This is the last day of it. It has been a week. Listen, we got pretty lucky this summer. Tip, it's not abnormal where we live to have like at least 10 days where we're like over 105. Like it's usually like three or four in a row and then we get a break and then it's like three or four yeah, more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this. But usually this, not much over like right. 106, 107. This was oppressive. Like one sixteen. Oh my God. Um, I don't know how people can still believe climate change isn't real. And no, there's a hurricane in LA right now. Yeah. Yeah. So um tomorrow it's over. It's lift it's already lifting right now, like it's rapidly cooling where we live. But it's gonna um, be eighty-eight degrees tomorrow. I've never been happier. It's just this one it was, was this one was on this one was rough. This one was rough. And at 88 tomorrow. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. riddle me that. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we got lucky this summer and uh, we're fortunate to live in a state that's super proactive about it. Mm-hmm. Like they sent out numerous alerts to like, they tell us when we should be, they tell us I, like temperatures that we should be cooling in our houses at when to turn off like electricity to avoid rolling mm-hmm. blackouts. But I did want to say we do have two major fires going on here in California right now. And um, one of them is actually right by the other Stacey's grandma. She had to evacuate. So um, we hope that she's okay. She she herself is okay. But her town is like bordering right now. um, One of the big fires. Uh, But honestly, like. Every time I think about it, it makes my heart hurt a little bit. Those poor firefighters who are out in 116 mm-hmm. degree temperatures. When is you guys are you guys are incredible, amazing. Yeah. Like honestly, I don't. We'd be we'd be so fucked, and I'm I'm so glad that this heat wave didn't bring on a spree of fires to spread totally. you guys even thinner and make yeah. your job even more impossible than what it is right now. So, mm-hmm. yep. Um. I just get really appreciative for people that do that kind of work and, uh, and the governor that, you know, is yes, but is asking everybody to chip in. So nobody suffers. Right. Right. Is asking everyone to do like the bare minimum and like, yes, it's been a little hot in our houses because we've had to keep the air conditioner at a higher temperature than any of us would have liked, mm-hmm. but it helps other people. And I think that's one of the interesting things about California is like, we've always been kind of wired that way. Like we've lived with drought my whole life. So like we're real conscious of water. We're real conscious of, um, you know, electricity. We're real conscious of recycling. Like we're real, because California is one of the first places I think that we started feeling climate change because we have Mm -hmm. a gazillion microclimates here. Mm -hmm. So like, honest to God, people who aren't from here, it was 116 degrees here, but you could have driven three and a half hours north of Mendocino and it was 61 degrees. Yep. So like we have a bajillion microclimates. Mm-hmm. So if California is telling you that climate change is real and you all need to fucking buckle in and get on board, you you probably should. Listen, yeah. yeah. Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. Yep. Um, Guys, have the best weekend available to you. Yeah. If you're in California where like 90% of our listeners are, fucking get... Uh, we're getting a break. Right. We're getting a break, yeah. finally. I know. <laughs> well deserved. <laughs> yeah. We've worked real hard this week mm-hmm. in our air-conditioned offices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Fierce Fan Media.